Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast. My name is Emma Mumford and I'm your host. I'm an award-winning blogger, YouTuber, life coach, badass entrepreneur, manifester, and author. My mission is to awaken and to inspire women to live their best lives now and to find their purpose in life. I do this through sharing the power of law of attraction and spirituality. I hope my podcast will inspire you to raise your game and to start living your best life today. Without further ado, let's get started with this week's episode. So thank you so much guys for joining me for another one of my Spiritual Queens Badass Podcast episodes. I'm super excited to invite back on the podcast today, the lovely Rebecca Campbell. So Rebecca, if you don't know, is a writer and devotional artist who leads activating workshops internationally, giving people an experience of their soul. She is the best-selling author of numerous books and oracle decks, including Light is the New Black and the Work Your Light Oracle, and the creator of the Rise Sister Rise membership. Through all of Rebecca's creation, she encourages people people all over the world to spend more time with their soul and connect to their own inner temple. Welcome back to the show, Rebecca. How are you? Oh, yeah, good. Great to be with you, Emma. And I think I'm feeling a little bit happier than normal because the sun's out, the flowers are out, and we're allowed to... um, begin going to restaurants and stuff here in the UK. So I don't know about you, but it it definitely feels like things are opening up um, and just kind of, yeah, just feeling a little bit more expansive. How about you? Amen to that. I was literally thinking the other day of like, how surreal does it feel to just be able to go out in the sun shining, be wearing dresses, go and eat Mm. in a restaurant. I feel like we haven't been able to do this for so long. I feel like the last week I've probably been living my best life. It's so true. It's so true. I know. And I think when we all, like, we've all been going through it and I know our own version of it. Um, and, but it's like, I think that what often happens when we go through something is you can't process it while you're in it. And so, yeah, I've kind of noticed a lot of people also like feeling like that kind of like, oh God, what do I even do now? And just that kind of push pull. And so, yeah, if anyone's feeling like that, it's just so normal to feel like that. And it's impossible to process something when you're in it and and we are still in it. So, yeah. 
Absolutely. And on the topic of flowers as well, I know you've got a beautiful garden because you know, you know, we show it on Instagram. How are your roses doing? Mine are nearly out. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, they are. Uh, we've got about, um, we've got about like 50 roses out. It's incredible. The, the place that we live in, it used to, we found out actually um, when we moved in, it was about a year after we moved in, we really worked on the garden and I planted a whole lot of roses myself. But we found out that the lady who owned it like about um 40 years ago was like a rosarian she was obsessed with roses she'd go down to the chelsea flower festival in london every year and um yeah so she had all of these really old rose bushes that had been the, the garden had been so derelict that they'd been cut right back and just this year some of them that we didn't even know were there have begun to bloom so wow. it's very exciting <laughs> i'm definitely showing my age now that i'm just so obsessed with flowers <laughs> i'm the same though honestly my mum's such an avid gardener and at first yeah. I'm like oh mum you can just help me out when i got my garden here but honestly now like i'm just excited as my mum. i'm like the roses are coming everything oh here. it's so nice and i think i think I think we are probably flower, flower geeks um, on the spectrum. We're very high, but I think that we're all kind of really feeling that call to kind of return to the earth and, and recognize that like, you know, like obviously when we're in nature, we feel grounded, but also we're actually part of nature. And so it's, you know, we've seen ourselves as, as separate from it, but actually we're so interconnected with it. And I think that, when we do spend time with it and connect with it, um, whether it's like through connecting with the food we eat or um, drinking teas or, um, you know, just, just laying on the, in the beautiful parks. I know I'm in Glastonbury now, we've got lots of beautiful areas to lay down, but um, in London, when I lived there, going to Regent's Park was just my favorite thing to do. But it, it, it took me a long time to kind of have that behavior, if you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think we're all really feeling that call to reconnect. Amen. A hundred percent. And I think, you know, with being in lockdown the last year or so, and like having all those kind of freedoms taken away, I think people have really appreciated nature more, their gardens or mm -hmm. if they're in flats, you know, really appreciating mm -hmm. parks and things. So I a hundred percent agree. I think it's been that like initiation to like connect back to nature, right. ground back into mama earth and just, be present. I feel like that's the only thing we could have done is, is be present in this moment. And I think nature allows us to do that, right? Right. Big time. Big time. Right. Well, we better get on to the questions before we spend a whole podcast talking <laughs> Just about, to about flowers. That would be a great podcast. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> it would be epic. So, well, my favorite roses. <laughs> what is your favorite rose? Let's share oh. it. Okay. Well, I would say that my favorite, um, I guess breed of roses, um, or breeder is David Austin. Do you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes, he, yes, yes. He, most of the ones in Regent's Park Rose Garden are, are his and they're super fragrant. Um, but I've actually been, um, I've turned, I've turned my flower obsession into my job now. Cause I'm working on a, a new Oracle called the Rose Oracle, which, um, like it, it won't be out until next year. I'm, I'm literally in the process of it now. Um, but through that, I've literally been geeking out over like, like the most ancient rose, which is the Gallica, which actually was like a single petaled rose. So it's very different from the ones we have today. So it's only five petals. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of 
learning to love those kind of more wild roses. Um, so yeah, anyway, you should probably like stop asking me rose questions because I will not stop. We'll <laughs> and I feel like you won't either. So yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm speaking of roses, I'm drinking rose tea. <laughs> We're obsessed, but it's a great obsession to have. And I'm definitely a David Austin fan as well. I've got, oh, yeah? a, I've got a Hermione one in my garden and Ooh. an iceberg rose one. Ooh, I'm lovely. I'm not clear. Lovely. <laughs> oh, it's so it's it's so lovely. I've got on my on my wall there's this um my husband found it for me. It's this you know, like you've got a family tree with your ancestors. It's basically that of the roses going back. And it's like 65 million years old. Wow. Rose. So much more ancient than we are. <laughs> Way more ancient. Well, we're all pumped clearly for this Oracle card deck next year. <laughs> you have to come back on and we will talk about roses. Yeah, yeah, in like a year and a half when it's out. Sure. <laughs> so today we're here to talk about your new book that is out now, which yeah. is Letters to a Starseed, which is published by Hay House. It's out now. So we're going to talk all about starseeds in a second because I know this will be a hot topic with everybody. But just to quickly recap everybody, if they're not familiar with you and your work, one question I ask everybody who comes on the podcast is, when did you spiritually awaken? What's your story? Mm, so I think that I had my first, you know, I, I think the awakening process never ends and um, it definitely just gets deeper and deeper. Um, but when I like track it back, it was round about when I was 13, 14. Um, that's when I had my first like awakening experience where it was like, uh, you know, those moments where the light gets turned on or off or happens both ways, doesn't it? Um, and all of a sudden, um, the world that I thought I knew was different. Um, so that's really where it began for me. And I think I'd always felt this, um, what I call like the call of the soul. Like I always, ever since I was really little, I remember like saying to my mom and just like writing in my journal of like, I know I'm here for a reason. I have to work out why and and there's something I'm meant to do and all of that. So I was very aware that of the call of the soul without knowing it was a thing um, from quite a young age. And to be honest, it stressed me out so much because I just could feel this, um, you know, that niggling kind of feeling um, without being able to understand what it is and why. And and then, you know, when um, it felt like a, like a whole nother world opened up and I began learning about like the great mysteries and the journey of the soul and, you know, asking questions like what happens when we die and and where does our soul go and and do we come back into the same families or do we incarnate somewhere else i was just absolutely fascinated by it and so um yeah that really led me to read as much as i could um about the journey of the soul i began training in it but i i also at the same time just felt because it did happen so young for me and at least in my circles, um, it was not that normal and I felt really weird. And so I kind of, I, I started having friends who were like in their sixties <laughs> who I'd go to my courses and stuff with. And, and that was amazing. Um, but then also then I was a normal girl as well and trying to make sense of the two worlds. And so that was definitely like a big theme for me growing up and, 
I went into what I call a spiritual closet. Um, and yeah, little by little around like through my twenties, um, I kind of began to step out of that closet. Um, through my twenties, I, I heard very serious, very clearly. And, and I had seen visions of like the work I do now. Um, but I just couldn't work out. I was trying to figure out how to step into it. Like I wanted, I was waiting for the step-by-step plan. Um, and then eventually I just kind of realized, oh, like the step-by-step plan, particularly if you're here to lead. And I think we all are in our own way. Um, often the plan does not come with an instruction manual. And so it took quite a few um, losses, um, particularly around like my sudden returns and, 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 you know, a few friends passed away very suddenly and long-term relationship ended and a few things like that happened that really rocked my foundations. And I think that, that it was through those foundations being rocked that, that, my ego, the one that was like, nope, we got to know exactly what's going to happen before we take the next step. Um, it got rocked too. And, and it was in those moments where I finally, it was like my ego finally begged for mercy and asked my soul to lead. Um, and yeah. And so things really just opened up from there. And, and then it, it was really in that moment where, I gathered the courage to, to, um, live what I now teach, which is really, um, about like living a soul led life. So, um, not dismissing the ego and the mind at all. We need it. We need the grounded action. We need the follow up and all that's just as important, but really like doing the flip. So you're, you're connecting with your soul each day and it can be five minutes, 10 minutes, however long, um, and and just being in alignment with that and and then and then inviting it to step forward and lead and then putting the other with the willpower the strength the determination all that kind of stuff to work but following the leadership of the soul so yeah that's kind of in a nutshell (laughs) in a nutshell how we got here today yeah like you say you know when you awaken so young as well it must have been really difficult like you say to have that normal kind of like teenage young adult life when like you say you're being Mm -hmm. pulled in both directions of like being a teenager experiencing life or experiencing Mm -hmm. all your first in life but then also feeling that soul pull of like learn (laughs) go and explore all of these things which Mm -hmm. like you said you know in those days especially like it probably was an older age range whereas I think now like a lot of younger people as well are even so amazing the me everyone is just switched on it's I'm I'm so in awe at at um particularly young generations today just how aware they are and how yeah how much that they are speaking up and and really leading the world in in um unearthing things that um a lot of other generations have um, just taken as normal. Um, And yeah, and so I I really feel like the the youth of today particularly have a huge role to play and they are playing it. Definitely, definitely. And it's so refreshing to see as Mm. well because I think if we'd had that when we were growing up, I think, you know, like you said, where you felt like you went in the spiritual closet and kind of Mm. had to like suppress that weird side, that kind of difference. Mm. 
you know, nowadays, I think it's so much more embraced, which is just amazing to see, amazing to see. So let's talk about star seeds then. So (laughs) for anybody listening, who's like, what is a star seed? (laughs) What is a star seed? (laughs) So a star seed is essentially, it's, it's, anyone who is aware or believes or identifies that they are a multifaceted being like a soul having a human experience and that they're open to the possibility that their soul has experienced something other than this life on this planet um and so i used to um, see the concept of starseed as someone who ha- has had an experience someplace else. Um, however, the more I go into the mystery of it, um, I am beginning to believe that we are all starseeds, but what makes a starseed is that they are aware of it, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Definitely. So when you say experiencing lives elsewhere, I think a lot of people think like, oh, what do you mean? So obviously here, Earth, we're here. Yeah. So where else can we experience lifetimes? So first of all, they're incarnations. So it's some kind of life someplace else. And it's also in between lives as well. So it's essentially believing in um, the simplest version is past lives, right? if you have a past life, what happens when you die before you come back here? Mm-hmm. There is something that happens in between. Um, but there are some people who have memories of places elsewhere. So for me, I'd always had these like glimpses of um, places that like look nothing like here that were just like so innate in me. Um, and I remember um, just being like, I need to get these out of my head somehow. And um, it's actually what 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 was the main um, call to do to work with Oracle cards, just to begin to like visualize them. Yeah. Um, and for me personally, I remember when I first learned about the concept of starseed and because um, there are some people who identify as a starseed who like, Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Have this, like, odd longing for home without really knowing where it is or what it even means. Um, and um, there is a few different like ancient words that, that, that meet that have literally that meaning. So I'm, and, and, you know, if you, in the book, I speak a lot as well. I did a load of research on ancient civilizations and their beliefs and links between humanity and the stars as well. So, which is just so fascinating and so fascinating to see um, different cultures from all corners of the world having similar stories um, at times where, as far as we're aware, they weren't communicating. Um, so yeah, through, through writing the book, I really discovered how much the ancients knew. And, you know, I think this is a, a something that um just continues to unfold i think the ancients knew way more than we do about pretty much everything um and you know and then you know you've got nature and now i'm segueing back to the roses but you know you look at 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 nature like the the ancient yew trees the um the roses like they've, they've been around for millions of years um and i believe that they hold those rememberings. The other thing um, about um, which I found really fascinating when I was researching the book is that, you know, we've heard all of those quotes about like, we're made of stars and all of that. It's actually true, like literally from our bones to our cells, to our flesh, to our hair, everything, it's literally made of ancient exploded stars. So stars that once existed and don't anymore. Um, So yeah, it's it's kind of a it's a fascinating topic, but it was interesting when I I I first um I got the vision for the book like many many years ago, uh, probably about seven years ago, and um, I, I did the proposal and I knew I could see the cover and it's exactly as it is now with the like holographic. Um, pearlized cover and I saw it so clearly but nothing ever really happened of it um and, I, and it was called letters to a star seed I knew it was letters to star seeds um which is really just like old souls sensitive souls and um yeah nothing ever happened with it and then last year as I was writing something else which was all about returning to the earth and you know I've moved here to Glastonbury and as I'm showing um wanting to talk about flowers all the time like i'd I'd been personally really called to the earth and and about seeding ourselves here planting ourselves here and then my publisher asked me to write it and at first i was like no it like that's not where i'm being called to go and then i kept on meditating and they kept on asking and um in human design um i'm a um projector which is like you wait for the invitation but when the invitation's there you have to say yes <laughs> and so i kept on meditating i got my team to meditate too and every we all just got yes 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 so i fell into it and i was like 
Oh, I know, I know what the book's meant to be. It is because the core message of the book is about planting ourselves here. So calling all parts of us or all parts of our multifaceted self, um, fully here now. So yeah. And that's really what the book is about. This is like an encouragement, um, for us to, to really commit to why we came here, remember why we came here. And yeah. Well, it sounds incredibly exciting. And I know a lot of people <laughs> think, oh, this is, I've connected to that. Well, yeah, I resonate with that. So I think it's definitely <laughs> needed in a topic which probably isn't actually spoken about too mainstreamly, to be honest. Um, mm. before, um, I mean, I'd heard of it like little bits, but then when I saw your book and it came through, I was like, oh, yes, this is definitely <laughs> some of me. I can't wait to read it. So in the book, you talk about um, embracing your weirdness or our weirdness. And mm. I think definitely a lot of spiritual folk will relate to this of where maybe they've been judged before. They feel like maybe they can't express their true, authentic, weird, beautiful self. So mm. how can we truly embrace our weirdness? Well, you know, I know it takes a lot of courage to do it first, um, but in my experience, when each of us embrace our weirdness, what happens is that often we find ourselves like finding our own unique path um, because, you know, we're not meant to fit into boxes. Um, you know, nature shows us this all the time. It's like it needs diversity in order to thrive. Um, and it's the same with us as well. And so the more we can kind of embrace the things that maybe um, make us not fit in, that's when we find our unique path, like putting two things together. Like when I, I was a creative director prior to doing the work I do now and what my mentors kept on teaching me was putting two things together that don't belong. That's creativity. And us as humans, we are creators. That's what we do. We're creating our life. We're creating the world. We're co-creating together. Um, and so, yeah. And I think the other thing that happens when we embrace our weirdness is that our people, like the people who are really our people, um, can find us. Like they can recognize us, they can spot us um, from afar. And I think that um, particularly if like, if there's anyone feeling like a bit like, oh, I don't want to be weird. I don't want to, I'm too afraid. Um, that definitely is a, a beautiful reward of, of, of doing so. And I also really feel that now more than ever, oh my gosh, more than ever, like, our diversity, our uniqueness, our weirdness, it's its being celebrated more than it has before. So yeah, just want to encourage anyone to, to do that. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And like you say, I found as well, the more I went along my spiritual journey and like loved myself, worked on self-love, embraced the weird quirks yeah. and the laughs and the humor that I have. And I think mm. you brought that into my work as well. I think when I first started, I was very serious. I was like, must be serious, must be professional. And now mm. I think even just bringing like that joyful childlike playful energy into it, it has like attracted that soul tribe as such, you know, like the soul mm. family to come forward where you do find your people and you feel like actually mm. where I felt maybe lost or maybe not accepted before, actually by shining that, you know, weird self, um, you know, your fellow weirdos come and find you and they're your soul family and, you know, you find those connections that you want. Mm. So you talk about this in your book as well, of calling in in your soul family. So what mm. top tips would you give for anybody listening who wants to call them in? Mm. Well, I think that the first thing is just like 
I think understanding who you are is like the first step because it's like you can't really embrace your weirdness and your multifaceted self until you know who you are. Um, And so being curious about who you are, um, you know, you can find out like who were, what were you like when you were a a child, like before you had all your life experiences? um, And um, like what, what things light you up? Like what makes you what are the the weird things about you? Like begin to be curious about that. And then just following it. Like it's a, it's a, it's a like a golden thread that you're following. And and then little by little, just like letting people see you. Like I remember when I when I first um I, I kept on getting the vision to do this stuff, like the work that we do and create and just everything about the journey of the soul. But I was so afraid to just be seen. Um, like it seems weird now because like I, I, no problem taking a selfie or, you know, being on camera or whatever. But, oh, my gosh, I spent years avoiding it because I was petrified. Like I couldn't even understand why, but I just I was so scared. And I remember um, I would go on my walks at Regent's Park or Rahide Park and I'd meditate and I'd be like, all right, today I'm going to take a photo of me and put it on Instagram. Like Instagram had just begun and I had like no followers, like no one would see me, <laughs> you know what I mean? And at first I just started by like writing little hand quotes and putting my hand in the shot because like that was like huge for me. It's like, And then there was more of the hand and then one day, I, I took a photo post um, meditation and it was literally like the t- top of my head. That was it. And it was the biggest thing for me. And then the next week I challenged myself to do it. So like my eyebrows were in and then it was like my eyes and then it was my nose. And then it was my mouth. It happened like over, over like um, a couple of months. And then eventually I did my first, first selfie. So like, that's pretty that's pretty full on so i don't think anyone will be worse than me (laughs) but yeah the more the more that you you show the world who you are the more you embrace who you are um the easier it is for your people to find you for sure definitely definitely so another thing you talk about in the book is our soul biography and i'm really Mm -hmm. intrigued by this because i have no idea so what is it so if you think of like biography as like it's um our our, our life story so the, the the arc of our life um so our, from our biography from this life it's like we were born maybe we fell in love maybe this happened that happened that happened we learned this lesson we changed careers there's all of those those things from the soul perspective it's the same it's just more so i believe that the soul is eternal so the soul is the part of us that that when we is there when we take our first breath in this life and it lives on after we exhale our last so um and then so if you then open yourself up to the possibility that we have had more than one life um those lifetimes add up to the soul biography so when you explore who you are as a soul you're also exploring your soul's experiences um the soul has um so there's a sanskrit word which is the basis of um karmic theory called samskara where it's basically like imprints in the soul so kind of like like memories um and so 
our soul biography carries with it um, our soul gifts. So these are things that we've been working on over lifetimes, right? Um, and soul memories, experiences, all of those things. So it's basically who we are from the history of who we are as a soul. Interesting. I love that. So how can we start to discover that and learn these things and maybe look mm. at lessons we've had from previous lifetimes? Yeah. So like in the book, I've got like an Akashic record. So the Akashic record, that's kind of like going real deep, but it's there's some exercises where you can connect to um, your soul memories, your soul gifts. Um, and yeah, and then you can also just like, jot down as well like what you're discovering about you as a soul versus you as personality you know so personality is often like who we learned to be and who we became through our direct experiences but who were you before that so like i've i had a son um my first baby uh 19 months ago and um i watch him and so because of covid we've not really had any mother's groups but we've just begun and i watch all the little babies together and some are like six months some are two and some are in between they've all got such different energies about them um even you know and i'm sure anyone who's who's um been around babies you can feel the difference between different babies even if they're just kind of there um sleeping and pooing like they do for the the first part of their lives you can feel that there is a presence that has arrived um, and that it's different from, say, another baby. So that's basically what I mean. Amazing. I love that. And I think so I know about the Akashic Records. I've worked with them before. And I think mm. a lot of people listening have probably maybe heard of the term or they're yeah, like, yeah. What is this? So I think it's nice that there's a book we can go to now to embrace <laughs> it, to try it out. And I think, like you say, you can almost like connect those dots. It's like when you look at your astrology or numerology of like this lifetime, yeah. you kind of connect the dots of you, but actually connecting the dots of all the versions of you as well is is great to explore and and embrace more as well. So you can really truly embrace who you are. So I love mm. that side of things. Um, so where can we get the book, Rebecca? Where can everybody find the book? Well, it's all the places that the book is, but I've got a website where it's letters to a starseed.com. And so all of the links are there, no matter like where you're living, you should be able to find somewhere. Um, so yeah. Perfect. And what can we expect in the book as well? I know you've given us a lot anyway, but is there anything else you want to add to what we can yeah, expect? Yeah, I guess it's um, my books have short chapters so if if anyone's uh, um like struggles with like deep reads um it's it's bite size um and yeah it's there's there's some beautiful like poetic poems in there um there's also my books always have like grounded actions on it so while we are going quite quite deep with 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 topics from you know who are we where do we come from it's got to be one of the greatest mysteries it's always grounded with okay how can i how can i turn this into something that's useful so yeah it does hold both both poles brilliant and um, my last question to you today then rebecca <laughs> is what is one piece of life advice that you'd like to leave my listeners with oh I'd say um, you'll always find your true nature in nature. So 
the more time you spend in nature, particularly on your own, and notice how the seasons are changing, how the flowers are changing, the trees, all of that, um, it, it definitely invites us to kind of like slow down to the pace of nature and 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 recognize how we're changing because we're ever 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 changing, just like nature is. Mm, I love that. So true. I love that. I don't think anyone's ever given nature as a sacrifice. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rebecca, for coming on. It's been an absolute honor as always. Where can my lovely listeners find you if they want to learn more about your work? For sure. Um, I'm on RebeccaCampbell.me um, and Instagram's probably the biggest channel. So Rebecca Campbell unders- underscore author. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so, so much for coming back on. Thanks, I'm so Emma. Really lovely to chat to you. I'm so excited for Letters to the Star Seed. I'm so excited mm-hmm. for everybody to go and explore all their Star Seed nature. So thank you so much, <laughs> lovely. Thank you. So thank you so much guys for listening. I really hope you've enjoyed Rebecca and I's conversation today. As always, you can find a clickable link to Rebecca's work in the description below. And if you want to find out anything more about my work, my videos, my coaching, or anything else I have to offer, you can find it all on emmamumford.co.uk. So thank you so much guys for listening. I appreciate all your views and listens. Don't forget to subscribe if you're new here because I would love, love to see you again soon. And don't forget you can join my free Law of Attraction support group over on Facebook where you can join myself and other like-minded souls where we talk all things Law of Attraction and spirituality. I hope you have a great week, whatever you're up to, and I'll see you all in my next podcast episode, which will be next week. Lots of love, guys. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.